for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello and welcome to this edition of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Usual lineup, Stephen Jodderin in the A chair. In the B chair is the one and only Armand Kavai. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod. And it's a USA special. USA! USA. I am excited. Armand, you are excited. I hope all you listeners are excited because this game is the most important game on the calendar. As far as it comes to a U.S. men's national team. This year, 2017, this game will decide uh, whether or not this year was successful or a failure. You mean this cycle? Not just this year. This cycle. Okay, this cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for sure this year. Because last year you had the Copa America and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, listeners. Friday night, Orlando City Stadium. It's going to be fantastic. Initial game thoughts, Armand. Let's go. Let's get straight to it. Let's get straight to it, Stephen. As an American and as someone who's watched the national team since I was a young kid, this is one of the times that I can say I am nervous for a game against Panama. To be honest <laughs> with you, um, Panama is a talented team. Don't get me wrong, but usually we're, we're at this point. You know, we've qualified. I think last, what last year. Uh, last uh, cycle we did qualify through Klinsman uh, before and you know we're just sweeping through just playing playing some games getting getting some points you know uh, but this year it's a different story I'm relatively nervous as a United States fan I don't arena ha- steady the ship for a little bit and then it just seemed to all crash down I we'll see Steven but man I'm more nervous than I was for the um Honduras game, to be honest. I mean, this is make or break. Oh, it's make or break. According to ESPN, SPI, 93% chance to qualify for the World Cup if they win Friday. If they were to lose, 44% chance. So it tells you the magnitude of this game. I am not nervous. I'm just afraid that reality is about to hit U.S. soccer in the face. What's the reality? Reality is that we kind of (laughs) suck. Man, I was reading an article. um, It was on ESPN FC, and it was a roundtable of the national team. Uh, I think Link Africa who wrote it. But um, it was was good. They talked about national team. I think it was Hercules Gomez. I mean, I don't want to misquote, so don't take me. You can go read the article. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I don't want to get misquoted. But it was one of those guys said this is one of the most talented teams in memory. Blah, oh, blah, blah, blah. Come on, cut us a break. This is not the most talented team in memory. I think the 2014 World Cup squad probably was better. Uh, I'll be honest. 2002 squad was better. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, actually. Uh, go back and listen to it if you want to compare rosters from uh, the last World Cup cycles uh, up until 2002. Take Christian Pulisic off this roster, Armand, and you get crap, okay? You get a bunch of old guys with nothing new except for Kellen Acosta. He, he would be the Christian Pulisic. Kellen Acosta is the player that everybody would be hyped around if it no, weren't for Christian. That's kind of scary. Isn't that that's scary? Scary. scary. Yeah. 
Oh, man. Ian Dark on Twitter tweeted, U.S. AIM claimed to defy Hex history to qualify automatically for World Cup. The best any team with nine points after eight game has done is a playoff. Yeah, that's telling. And, I mean, if you remember, Dark flat out said this U.S. team is mediocre. Um, Everybody – I'm sorry to interrupt you, but everybody outside – who is either a foreigner or isn't a, a, a USA fanboy, which is pretty much everybody outside of Alexi Lawless when it comes to um, real Americans. Uh, well, that, that just got misquoted. Never mind that. But what I'm saying is the, <laughs> the media, the media in itself is so afraid to criticize this squad and criticize Bruce Arena and U.S. soccer. It is a joke that we can't criticize them. Yeah, I mean, it, it it is. I mean, they. I mean, when what Alexi Laws called them out, I mean, they all seem to take offense to it. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like Pulisic yeah, that, had the most most like professional response to that. Yeah, and he's nineteen. But think about it. Craig Burley on ESPN criticized the U.S. men's national team. He's not U.S. Uh, dark, not a U.S. Uh, you know, they're not native. You know, born here in in the sense of that. You, a lot of the like Gomez had to defend this national team. I remember I was watching it that round tables, uh, you know, at the end of ESPN FC show, they'll sit there and they'll ask questions from the from the viewer or the audience. And Hercule Gomez was, you know, was sitting there, you know, defending the national team. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, dude, get a reality. Just because you were part of this national team years ago. You can criticize it. It's okay to do that. No, it, it, it is. And, I mean, I, I don't think the team gets any better without any criticism, to be honest. We can't just we can't just keep patting them down and saying, it's okay, you, you're doing a good job. But, but they're not. No. <laughs> they're not. And, <laughs> and it all comes down to this match against Panama. Yes, we'll talk about Trinidad and Tobago because uh, – this show is going to cover both games, but this matchup, like I said, if they ever win this game, they're ninety three percent. They have a ninety three percent chance of qualifying. So yeah, just just to, just to set the table for the viewers. Uh, right now, Mexico's on top of the group with eighteen. You can say they basically have qualified. Oh, they have qualified. They have qualified. Costa Rica has is on fifteen points. They yeah. have essentially qualified. You can pencil them in. Uh, Panama is on ten points. The United States is on nine. The U.S. is tied with Honduras. At nine, and Trinidad and Tobago sitting lowly at three. So, look, I mean, looking at, looking at this, if if the U.S. beats Panama, they jump to twelve, which is over over uh, Panama. And if all they, all they would need is, I would a result. I mean, a, a re, I mean, a result. But it depends on our goal difference because our goal difference is worse than Panama's right now. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, and. The good thing for the U.S. is the U.S. has 11-1-6 all-time advantage against Panama. Panama has never beat the U.S. in World Cup qualifying, but the tide is in Panama's favor. They've actually shown up the last several games. Last four meetings uh, across all competitions have ended 1-1 in uh, three times in Gold Cup play and then once in the World Cup qualifying. And then remember in 2014, Grand Susi actually scored – to tie the match 2-2 to send Panama to uh, basically not qualify for the World Cup. 
that's when Mexico need to qualify off Zussi's goal, and then Johansson score another goal and make it 3-2, and that's how the game I remember watching that game. I, um, yeah, I do too. Well, isn't it funny? USA is almost in a similar situation. As Mexico. Yeah, on the, on the edge of potentially not qualifying. And, and the thing is, Mexico, when they, time. when they qualified, they qualified as a playoff. But if the U.S. qualifies for a playoff, I mean, I'm expecting to be Australia. I've told you, Steve, many times. I have no faith in the, in the Syrian team. If Australia doesn't win, something is wrong with the Australian national team. Um, <laughs> so, um, I mean, to be honest, if they, if they end up playing Australia, that's not New Zealand. That's who Mexico played. Mexico played New Zealand. That's not New Zealand. That's a tough game, even in the playoff. Ah, sure. No, I agree. Um, obviously, we just, the sniffing is significance of this game is massive but the pressure on Bruce Arena I think is very interesting uh, because this was tweeted about Joe Prince Wright Arena was on Sirius uh, XMF radio and quote we've gone through 2017 and have lost one game and people react like the roof has caved in here and here's the thing Bruce Arena doesn't understand I don't care what the statistics says. Use your eyeballs. And your eyeballs tell you something different than the statistic. Go with your eyeballs. Because let me tell you, the national team has looked like crap since the – since. I mean, remember when they were, they were playing Colorado and they were playing Costa Rica, right? And uh, Pulisic got the brace. Oh, um, was it against Costa Rica? No. It was against Trinidad. Trinidad. And they got the brace. They look like they were struggling the entire time. In fact, Trinidad, uh, the MLS forward, hit the crossbar early Kenwin on. Jones. Yeah, he hit the crossbar early. It, it's like, Bruce, I don't care that you've lost one game all year in 2017. You're, my eyeballs tell me something different, and it tells me that you guys suck. I'm sick and tired of saying you guys are mediocre. No, I'm, I'm taking a hard stance. You guys just simply suck. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I think he's putting too much significance on the Gold Cup. When the Gold Cup, in in my eyes and in many other eyes, this year was very meaningless. I mean, it's still a good tournament, but many teams didn't throw their A teams in. I mean, we U.S. didn't, Mexico didn't. I think maybe only Costa Rica did. I mean, they did. It's, it was just a meaningless tournament in my eyes. Um, well, yeah, the, absolutely. That's what I thought. And and you, it wasn't like they called up all the youngsters from Europe because they couldn't. Exactly. Yeah, they couldn't. Um, but I mean, looking from what the players are saying, I mean, uh, Sam Borden tweeted out he has to sit down with Tim Howard, and he said, "When we punch our ticket to Russia, none of this is going to matter." I mean, oh, I, feel, I feel like I feel like oh. you should you shouldn't be overconfident going into a match like this, and I feel like the U.S. team is a little too overconfident. I think they should be confident going into the match. Absolutely, that they 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 should get a result and they should win. But I think to be that resounding in a statement, if 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 that comeback if that comes back to haunt uh, to haunt Tim Howard, I mean, that's gonna be he's gonna get that tweet's gonna be re, uh, retweeted by people making fun of him for a while. So I mean, well, yeah, for sure. But the thing is, Bruce Arena has I think a weird pressure on him because I think this will defy his career. He came in after Klinsman, and it was kind of like. I remember you and I when Bruce Arena got hired got in a heated argument. Do you remember? Right. Yeah, I do. 
And I said it was a wrong decision. And you're like, well, it's a stopgap, blah, blah, blah. If he, it is a stopgap. If he does not qualify for the World Cup, his legacy goes down the toilet. Just like Oh, that. yeah, it's ruined. It's ruined. Nobody will ever free, uh, uh, remember that he got the U.S. to the quarterfinals. In or South ending Korea. the MLS Cups. Or the MLS Cups with L.A. Nope. Who cares? I, he came in, and it was he came in to be the the knight in shining armor. That was what Bruce Arena was here to do, and for a while it looked like it was going to work. The results went that direction, but my eyeballs, it, it, it was something off. You didn't feel the spark with this team. This team doesn't have spark. It's boring. It's a boring squad outside of Christian Pulisic. Yes, Pulisic is awesome. Love him. He is Americans, America's next superstar. If you had uh, watched the 60 Minutes interview with him, apparently there was a $40 million bid that went in for him this past summer that seems to have gone unnoticed um, in the Twitter sphere. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. They just casually mentioned that the Dortmunds received a $40 million bid for him, and uh, Nobody... I feel like no one caught up on that, which is kind of funny kind of funny but these players are also on the same boat i believe as bruce arena michael bradley clint dempsey josie altador timmy howard i don't care what you did in 2010 in south africa don't care what you did in the gold cup or at the confederations cup in 2009 don't care what you did with Klinsman in 2014 although i think that was uh for in landed in the group of death and then, you know, losing the Belgium in extra time. I thought that was an overall pretty successful World Cup for the national team. It was about where you expected them to be. But if they can't get over the hurdle of qualifying outside of the hex, yeah, their career goes down the toilet. I don't care what Michael Bradley does with Toronto, uh, uh, with the MLS Supporters Shield and MLS Cup if he goes on to win. I don't care for that. His legacy is going to be built on this national team. It, it it really is. I mean, you you look into it, and a lot of these guys are are towards the end of their careers. I'd say. I mean, I feel like Dempsey is kind of tailing off the end of his career. Yeah. Uh, Howard. I mean, Altador is still relatively young, only twenty seven, twenty eight. So yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about that. But I mean, a lot of these players are slowly going into the sunset. Beasley. <laughs> um, Beasley. I mean, are we uh, gonna have him for twenty fifty six too? Beasley, yeah, we got Beasley, got Wondolowski, Ramondo, all the, all the, all, all, the, all these, old, all these older players. Guzan's old. I mean, yeah. he's not old for goalie terms, but he's still an older player. It's, it's literally, it's gonna be, it's, it's up to these guys. I mean, we've relied on them for so long, and we're still relying on them, and it sucks, but that's the reality of the situation. I mean, it, it tells you the magnitude of this game. That the the fact that we're we're talking about players and coaches' career at stake here. I mean, it is plain and simple. I don't like if what's easier to talk about a failure or a success. To be honest, it's a failure because that's it's a lot more that's fun. Where see, I love that's it. That's where you see all these hot takes now, like on uh, Undisputed and uh, what first take. You see all these hot takes. It's all it's always fun to criticize. So I mean, Bruce Arena, if he fails to qualify for the World Cup. I'll take back that stopgap thing because that's embarrassing. For a nation of United States' magnitude to not qualify for the World Cup would set the would set the soccer. I'll, I'll put this on the yep, record. Yep. Will set the soccer league nation everything back by at least 
four or five years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even no more. I would say more. I'd say until the twenty twenty six World Cup. No, you're one hundred percent right, Armand. I, I, the thing is, I've been. That is my worry, and you and I, we both support the U.S. Okay, we both want them to get to the World Cup. It's a lot fun. It's a lot more fun from the show's perspective if they don't qualify because we could have we have content for we could talk about this endlessly. But I hate it as but an American. As an American sports fan, you don't want this. It would be uh, you, you saw I you saw I saw an article saying why the U.S. should fail to qualify for the World Cup. Like they should. This would be good for soccer, and that is the most moronic thing I've seen in the last several months. And yes, that includes Donald Trump's tweets. <laughs> okay, the USA. If they, as Armand said, if they don't qualify for this World Cup, it will set us back a generation. Of, it will of, kill soccer in the United States. You know how you know do you know how most people get into soccer? It's the World Cup. Through World Cup and through FIFA video games. Yeah, That's no, I agree. Soccer. I agree. And think about it like think about this. 2014. I remember that World Cup as it was yesterday. I went to the pub and I was packed in there like cattle. We were packed in there. The national anthem comes on. We are singing it to the top of our lungs. I loved every moment. Dempsey scores, was it 34, 36 seconds into the game against Ghana? Then you had, uh, was it John Brooks at the end? Brooks. The head, yeah, Brooks the goal. With the header. Like, it was absolutely insane of a game. And then I went back to the pub against Portugal. But let me tell you, that was the first moment where I said, Wow, like as a nation here, standing next there, are, you know, to my right, it doesn't matter what you look like, who you support in the in the election. We were all there for one reason, and was to support, you know, the boys, the Yanks. It's what unifies. It's what uni. It's what unifies people. And we, I mean, you people get unified through the national team. It's a matter of national pride. And that's why people love watching it. You go, you try to try to go Buffalo Wild Wings, just walk in there without, uh, during world cup. I promise you, you won't find the seat. It's packed. So it's, it's packed because all national team people want to go there. And, and we, it's, it's, it's insane. And to think if the United States misses that soccer will be the same, that, you know, nothing like, Oh, it's good. No, it's going to kill the popularity of the sport. Well, Elmron, yeah, and and to go even further, the the odd thing is this national team, especially next year in Russia, has the ability to pull the nation together for a month that could impact society a lot more than we've seen in ever. The NFL is splitting. The NBA, the NHL, all these leagues. Yeah, that's cool and all, but it's not unifying people left and right. It's city-specific. It's league-specific. The Olympics again. That is individual, individualistic. The 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 uh, the Winter Olympics are coming up here. Do you think people are gonna really care all that much? No, it, it's like yeah, go USA. But you know the USA is gonna pull in a hundred gold medals and this amount of bronze and this amount of silver. The national team is weird in the sense that it can actually pull together. And if these eleven players who start on the pitch fail against Panama. It is going to devastate the soccer culture that has slowly started to grow here in the United States. I mean, we don't. I mean, 
I mean, we, we, sh- we should move on at some point, but I just want to make another emphasis on how big of a deal this is. MLS is slowly growing. The MLS always receives a boost after the World Cup because people are hooked on the soccer especially, after watching the World Cup. Especially with the expansion going on. Expansion going on. We're seeing what the teams like Sacramento, Cincinnati bringing in 30,000, Nashville, and, and Detroit. Atlanta, Atlanta United just broke another record expected to have 70,400, 70, something like that. Yeah, against- Atlanta United, they're taking over the, the South. Soccer is taking off in the United States. And it's this finally is the time. taking off. It's finally this is, is the time to capitalize. And this World Cup would be huge if the United States makes it yeah. for the popularity because the expansion teams are going to be coming in around, what, 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that gets more people hooked and excited. That gives them more hype. It, it's, it, it'll be it, – it'd be, it'd be awesome. Beckham United might come in at some point. I think mm-hmm. LAFC – MLS is growing. It's booming. Not going to the World Cup. Do you think people would watch soccer no, if they're no. if they're not soccer fans already? No, no, they won't. And, they don't care. And you know, it, it all comes down to this game against Panama. We're gonna take a quick break here. On the other side, we're gonna actually break down, ex- give you some expected lineups. Look at Panama. See what we can uh, decipher and, and see what Bruce Arena will will do. That was a uh, that was that was passionate, Stephen. Man, passionate tells you that, was, that this national team means something to us, and it means something to to what we're doing to the to the nation to everything. But we need to get to the game. Love the game. Yes, the game going on to the game. Uh, well, let's talk about Panama for a second because because only conceded five goals in the last eight qualifiers, tied with Costa Rica for second. Best in the hex, only behind Mexico. Defensively, they're strong. And looking throughout the squad, I count what is it? It's like six MLS members. Um, going through it, Pinedo actually was a former Galaxy until they had a contract contract dispute. I'm sure they'd love him right now. Um, I mean, this team is really is, is very good still. I mean, uh, oh, and also Blas Perez, uh, former FC Dallas man. Yes. Uh, also played in MLS. I mean, this team is talented, man. I mean, I would not underestimate Panama. However, um, one of the key players, I mean, he plays on on Toronto. Armando Cooper is a very good player. He's very Mm -hmm. good. And Roman Torres, I mean, I I went to uh, the Seattle locker room to interview Jordan Morris once. I turn around, I see Roman Torres, man. (laughs) That guy is huge. Oh, yeah? Well, I mean, speaking of Torres... um... Uh, Sebastian Zalazar tweeted out, he was talking to Torres, and he goes, our mentality is to go for the win. When asked about if a tie slash point versus United States is good business. So I think Panama, they're confident. They just saw Costa Rica walk into Red Bull Arena, take care of business. Why couldn't they? I mean, yeah, why couldn't they? And, why, why, and as a team that is fighting for a World Cup spot. You need to go for the three points. So mm-hmm. I agree with what Roman Torres says. 
No, I, I, I do. And defensively, they're going to be strong. They're going to probably run a, you know, uh, a four-five-one that really translates into a four-two-three-one. Ironically, kind of the same pitcher or what I want the U.S. to run. Uh, so you know, maybe Bruce Arena will will shift a little bit on that. And well, in Panama, would they have a nice core center back? And, and although they're not the fastest, they're a little bit older, and they re, they're strong in the air. They're strong defenders, but when speed kind of kills these guys in the back. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the U.S. could capitalize doing that. Absolutely. Um, do you want to go over what you think your roster should be compared to mine? Yeah. Well, well I'm going to finish up on on Panama here before we get. Oh, to the okay. US. Yeah. Sorry, but. If you're Panama, Armand, are you really going for the three points? I mean, obviously, Torres is probably going to say that. Yeah, we we agree with him. But really, you're in the locker room. What if you're, you know, manager Gomez? What are you telling, telling the boys? I'm telling my boys, if we keep it at zero zero or we're up one zero, we're doing our jobs right. That's our that's our that's our goal. That's our priority. Our goal is to not allow the United States to obtain momentum throughout that first half and slowly if the and if, if you go into the halftime talk and you're zero zero if you're panama you're really happy you guys you're starting to sweat a little bit you <laughs> know you're sweating bullets at that moment <laughs> at, at at the at the 60th minute mark i think that's when you switch it and you start going defense you start going defensive because that's i think the point where the u.s will start to panic if it's zero zero and yeah. start trying to press you you sink in on you maybe sacrifice one of uh, your attacking mids and mm-hmm. start going defensive playing mm-hmm. uh, long ball counter and um, you 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 gun for that shutout and you gun for that first goal because that first goal will kill the United States if if it's allowed. See, it's it's simple. If you're Panama, you survive the first twenty minutes. You don't let the U.S. Uh, score. You survive yeah. that first opening twenty minutes. It's hostile. Watch the stadium start to deflate. Watch the U.S. start to get a little bit nervous, as you said, sweat. Watch them sweat. And if you're Panama, you will only grow in confidence. Do what you need to do. You sit back, enjoy the game, and just do your job. Don't overthink it. You know, play the game. If the U.S. allows you to have the ball and you're allowed to go attack, attack, right? This Panama squad should not be afraid of the U.S. There's nothing to be feared, you know? Um, so the mentality is is just to go in there and play a solid game because I think this this the squad MLS heavy and think about this these players that do play in MLS for example Cooper he plays with Michael Bradley he plays with Josie out the door so he knows what they're thinking he knows what they're going to do yeah so it, it's like the squad is on par with the US right. Yeah, if you look, if you want to break it down per person, per person, the Panaman squad isn't that much behind the U.S. Take a couple of players from the U.S., maybe a Christian Pulisic, maybe a Kellan Acosta. Who knows if he goes over to Europe and what he develops? But they're about the same, so there's nothing to be afraid of. Go play the game. I hope it's an exciting game. Now let's talk about the U.S. because their lineup the last several, the last two games against Honduras and Costa Rica was. A, a talking point within the media w- on, on the show. Disaster, you mean? <laughs> yeah, well, against uh, Costa Rica, it was Howard, Willafania, 
Cameron, Reem, Zussi, Pulisic, Nagby, Bradley, Johnson, who's not on the squad, Wood, and out the door. Uh, Pulisic was on the wing, got hammered. I, it was it was just not good for him. And then in Honduras, it was Guzan, Zussi, Gonzalez, Beasley, Beasley, the you know the guy that's been around for a century. Acosta, Bradley, Pulisic, Dempsey, Nagby, and Morris. So what is Bruce Arena thinking here? Bruce Arena needs to be thinking win, win, and win. And where has the best results, the best results for this team have come when what player is positioned in what position? Can you can you tell me? Uh, I'm assuming it's the number ten playing the number ten role. Absolutely, Pulisic on the wing isolates himself, gives him less space to run. And I mean, hurt. I. I I want him to have that freedom to roam that middle of the park. If I am Bruce, if I am Bruce Arena, if I was in Bruce Arena's shoes, we wouldn't be this far, this far back. But I mean, um, I don't want him on the wing. I want him in the middle. And look, I don't care if he plays on the wing for Dortmund. It works for Dortmund. It doesn't work for. Well, Dortmund States. also has players in the middle that are better than the U.S. Exactly. Exactly. So, it's it's. it's it's a complicated system, and I think it's a little bit more complicated because you're missing uh, a center back that is vital. Uh, John Brooks, obviously he's injured, not there, right? So how is, the, how is the U.S. going to capitalize on that? And then you have Panama, who's already coming with a, a back four and then two stoppers. Ironically, it's the exact same system I want the U.S. to run because I think they would play better that way because Michael Bradley is not creative. He is a... He, he manages the game well, but when he's isolated, I think he makes too many mistakes and he tries to carry everything on his shoulders, and that's just no good. That's not his role, right? As a leader, uh, as the captain of the of the team, he does a better job of distributing some of the balls and then letting the creative players do their work, right? And then Michael Bradley is going to have a sensational goal against Mexico. That was better, right? That was what he d- is designed to do. I want, I want Bruce Arena... To play Cameron, Gonzalez, and Beasler in the back. And then Yedlin, who is going to be significant. Because he brings pace. He brings, obviously, Premier League now experience. And he brings some youth. And he's one of those players I really enjoy watching. Oh, I love watching Yedlin. I remember when he came on in 2014, I was just so pumped. I was like, this guy could be something like... Watch this guy in the next decade. Like this is one of the the key members of the squad going into the future. Him and Pulisic could you know slowly build. Him, Costa, and Pulisic, you know, the trio can slowly build into something. And then you, you start bringing in all the other youngsters. And then you got something with this national team. But right now we don't. Kellen Acosta is gonna start with Michael Bradley. I don't know why Bruce Arena has started Kellen Acosta on the road. I think he's a little bit more comfortable when the crowd's with him. You know, he doesn't. Being a little bit young, he doesn't panic. I feel like he against Honduras, there there were some bad moments there, forcing a lot of passes. Will Afanya on the other side. Then going forward, you go creative because Panama's you gotta you gotta a need a little bit more pace and you got to be creative going forward. You start Dempsey, Pulisic, and Wood. I think those are the most creative, some of the most creative players on the squad. I know Nagby is also a creative player. I just don't think uh, he works with the lineup. Wood, Dempsey, and Pulisic, you let them go do what they want. And then you have Yedlin coming on the flank. And then, you know, either Acosta or Bradley could help out. Yeah. I mean, um, my 
my uh, team is lined up in the same way yours is, but we do have some differences. So yeah, you I told said you, you have a surprise for your if you're Bruce Arena. You you surprise lineup. Yeah. Um. So I would probably have Timmy Howard in goal. I mean, Guzan Howard. I oh feel yeah, like Howard's just, in goal. No, there's no difference between the two. Yeah, I agree. Um, who cares who starts in goal? So three back line: Beasler, Cameron, Gonzalez. Uh, just. Uh, I think those three have the best chemistry to each other. Reem obviously just didn't look that sharp against Costa Rica. Bro, I think he looked he, terrible. <laughs> I, I think I think he blew his uh, blew his chance. Or even Michael Orozco could fit in because Tijuana does run a three five two in Liga MX. So um, Orozco, if if you know they what? run a that could be really beneficial. Uh, absolutely. So I mean, Orozco could fit into a lineup maybe in place of Beasler. Or or in place of Gonzalez, I mean one or two. I mean I, I would I would probably start him with Be- Beasler, and uh, wing backs. I think wing backs are crucial. You have Yedlin just bolting up and down the wings. Yeah. I think that's very very crucial to have. Uh, I I like him at that and, right that right back right mid role. He's he's fast and he can create opportunities. Well, you know what he does? The ball. You know what he does? He pull he pushes Pulisic into the middle. Exactly, he pushes them in and forces him. There and he pumps balls into the box. If you watch him, watch some Newcastle highlights he had in the championship last season, you see him pump balls into the box. Wasn't perfect. he one of the reasons why was it Dempsey that got the, the second goal against Portugal in 2014? Was because he was on the flank and he was just that speed absolutely. Second dis- goal was Jermaine Jones. No, that was the first man, one. Man, no, second one was Jermaine Jones, the one with the curve. Uh, first one was Dempsey, I think. No, but, you uh, got it backwards. No, I promise you. You got it backwards. I promise you. Oh, I do. I will fat. I'm gonna fat check that. You go on with your squad. Okay. All right. Um, I have Yedlin and I would have Villafania. I mean, he's the only left back option to have outside Beasley. And come on, man, Demarcus Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my, my surprise was, uh, I think Matt Doyle Dempsey got the it. second goal. Dempsey. So did Jermaine? Okay. My bad. My bad. I was right. My bad. My Typical. bad. Typical. Um. At the defensive, I'd have Michael Bradley, but but I would not have Kellen Acosta start. Matt Doyle mentioned this, I think, on MLS Soccer, and I was realizing it. And as much as I don't like the player, he does the job perfectly, perfectly to what you want. And in my opinion, he's Ooh. a better Kellen Acosta because of it. I'm looking at Alejandro Bedoya. I like him. Doesn't move the needle. I, I, I like you don't want you don't care about moving the needle. you care about winning. Well, I know and that. He but what does I'm saying his, is he does his like... job as a connector. He just he does the job uh, better than Acosta, and he has more experience. That's really valuable in a match like this. And then also, uh, you you and he also does his job. You can put him like at that connector role. He won't push up far. You know, he will He'll just do his job, and he has I a think... very good work rate. A very good work rate. See, I think what I what I my mentality is. I would if I'm Bruce Arena, I'd be a little bit cocky. I'm like, you know what, Kellen Costa, you might be right, Armand. You might be right, but Doya might fill in the role a little bit better than Kellen Costa. But if I'm Bruce Arena, I think selfishly, I think I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the kid the chance to see if he can level. Well, I'll be honest with you, if we're gonna give the kid the chance in one of the most crucial World Cup qualifiers, you are crazy. That's like the FC Dallas fans clamoring to get the youth when they're on like a. Uh, ten game winless streak. That's just <laughs> stupid. You need experience to get you get you uh, get but you I back. I think. Well, the thing is, Michael Bradley and Kellen Costa played with each other in Gold and Cup, and they struggled in Gold Cup. 
Yeah, I, I get they they struggled, but they struggled. But what did and you know who, that who was who was who was in the middle when they played Mexico? That and that was that been. We keep calling that game one of the most tactical games that Bruce Arena has ever done. But have we seen that replicated? No. But who was in the middle? Who was in the middle? It was, it was, it was Acosta. And he did a good job. But well, then, seems, there you that, go. That seems like an outlier from what he's okay. actually he's actually actually been doing. But anyways. But I don't um, think I, the game's not decided on who's next to Michael Bradley whatsoever. Well, yeah, but I still think Alejandro Bedoya should be next to Michael Bradley. But anyways, nah, I think Kellen Costa should be. But anyways, in the middle we have the Golden Boy Pulisic. Up top, I I'm not a Dempsey guy. Uh, at the beginning of the game, you have I have Altador and Wood starting next to each other. Um, you uh, and with that um, you have. Some options off the bench in case you are losing. You could bring on Benny Failhaber, one of the most creative players in the national team. And that, holders, that is, up. I think that is going to be a determining factor coming off the bench is bringing that player on. I Bale think Hover. he will come on. There's no chance that he does not play, I think. Failhaber is a fantastic player too. But, I mean, Klinsman refused to call him up. I think him and Klinsman got in Well, something. they got in the riff. That's why. Yeah. Uh, and Dempsey coming off the bench would also be crucial too. Um, so that's my lap. I, like I said, three five two, very generic, very basic. I mean, like I said, uh, we're at Orozco, Cameron, Gonzalez, uh, Yedlin, Villafania, uh, Bradley, Bedoya, Pulisic, Altador, uh, and Wood. And I think substitutions. I mean, can't really predict those, but uh, I'd be shocked if Failhaber doesn't come on. Or I agree. Or and and let me tell you, Bruce Arena has not done anything of what we've said. So it's not like Bruce Arena's got his ear listening to you know what Uncle Sam uh, is doing here. But tactically speaking, Bruce Arena failed the last World Cup round. And you and I both were on top of it before. We said you need to run this and Bruce Arena failed. We'll see if he's going to be stubborn like a donkey or is he actually going to flip-flop. I hope he doesn't run a 4-4-2 because that dinosaur formation doesn't work. Doesn't work, and then you already know Panama is going to sit back. Okay, they're on the road. They're not going to come out blazing. If they do, that would shock everybody. And I would say Panama, uh, I shake your hand. I'm good luck, uh, but I don't think that's going to work. I think Panama is going to play this smart, and the USA has to play this smart. But they need to change something up because Panama is looking at the tape. What they did, what Honduras did to. Uh, the U.S., and what Costa Rica did. And they're going to try to replicate that. And if Bruce Arena does not change from that 4-4-2, I don't care if Pulisic is in the middle. I don't care if player X is on the bench and somebody else is there. That 4-4-2 will not work. No, I don't think it will. And, I mean, we'll see what Bruce does. I really hope that he goes – I mean, I feel like he will – I actually, to be honest with you – this game, I know last games have basically predicted this lineup almost perfectly. I don't know what to expect this game. I don't either, and that's the scary thing. Well, like I said, go back and listen to the first twenty minutes. I'm I as much as the tactics aren't important. I we just need them to win. I don't care if they win because uh, the referee makes a bad decision and uh, gives a penalty to the U.S. Get the three points and walk out of there. Yeah, that, they, that's they, all it comes they, down to. That's all they need. All it needs a win. Just win. win, baby. Just. Win. Trinidad and Tobago a couple days afterwards. Can't forget I mean, about them. To be honest, 
that that game doesn't mean anything without the Panama result. So it does. I mean, if we we're gonna we're, we're gonna wait and see. There's no Sunday show, but what I'm gonna say about Trinidad and Tobago, yeah, it's it's a wait and see what happens, and it's dependent on Panama. If the USA qual- uh, win, ah, this Costa Rica game. I mean, the Trinidad and Tobago game kind of is a little bit more of a game that stay healthy. Maybe you try something. Get a new, result. Get a result. Walk out of there. You're on to Russia, and then you start scratch uh, from uh, from scratch. But I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say that at that point because I mean, let's just let's just put let's just put some let's just put some results in. Uh, uh, if the United States win, they're what on twelve points. Yeah, am I correct? Let, um. So so the re- so the rest of the matchups. I think Mexico is playing at home against Trinidad. Um, they're probably gonna win that. Put some, put some at twenty one. Honduras plays against Costa Rica. Now, it's on the road, so I'm not expecting a win by Honduras. Okay, but let's say they win. Let's say they let's say they pull off a, a win against Costa Rica. You're looking at the United States at twelve, Honduras at twelve, and Costa Rica at ten. Wouldn't Trinidad love to play that spoiler? And, <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And, and and not that's the thing. So playing that, spoiler is bo- fun. I think both games need to be three points. Hopefully, we advance it regardless. But both ne- games need to be three points to ensure that the United States doesn't play in the intercontinental playoff against Australia or Syria and have to get into the World Cup so it doesn't set back soccer. <laughs> Win. Just win, USA. Please. Michael Bradley, time to be a lion. Huh? You stupid sheep. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I mean, that comment still rubs me the wrong way to this day. I can't believe the captain of the United States national team said a comment like that. That that was that was really bad. <laughs> Not as bad as Donald Trump, but it's bad. Anyway, listeners, follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod. We will recap the World Cup qualifying next week on a, a weekday show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, no Sunday show. Follow myself at Steven Jodran. Follow Amon at AmonKafai. K-A-F-F-A-A-I. There you go. And uh, go, go, USA. Boy, do go, we go, USA. Go, go, USA.